Season 4, Episode 9, The Survivor. They survived. Is a good way to get in shape running away from hoodlums? Apparently, uh, because that's what Larry does, how he stays so fit. Is that uh, how you stay in shape? Uh, well, when I do work out, I try to run away from hoodlums, and it's foreshadowing because in the next episode, he, he runs away from a hoodlum. A hoodlum a it hoodlum. is good foreshadowing. Well, he actually chases him first, and then run, turns and run, runs back away. But So yeah, this is I, an episode which I think starts off really great and then just crashes and burns at the end, but we'll get to that. At the, end, the end's not great. As you know, like, there's... I think that episode's decent all the way through, but there's one great scene, which I just love. Um, I do like Larry's description of Cheryl as the most miserable woman in the world, though. Yeah, and I like that when he's meeting the rabbi... He just walks in. He just walks in singing... Uh, what is he singing? Well, I forget. Yeah. In Kelohane, I, I don't know. Prayer, but then at the end, he just starts sing, chanting gibberish. <laughs> I like the first thing he asks of the rabbi is the picture on the desk. Is that a picture of you? <laughs> Who's a picture of themselves on a desk? It's also clearly, you can look at a person and a picture and know if it's the same person. That's, that's a good point. What rabbi just has a framed picture of himself on the desk? I don't, I don't have any framed pictures of myself on my desk. Um, no, neither do I. And, well. So the rabbi tells us that his friend died on 9-11, but unfortunately he got hit by a bike messenger uptown. On 57th Street, which... Really is not dying on 9-11. I'm kind of with Larry on that one. But we get to that later. Yeah. So do you think that this is advice that a rabbi ever would give? <laughs> to, to go ahead and take the anniversary present? Yeah. That being no. generous is better than being an adulterer? No, I don't think a rabbi would say something like that. Although this... I mean, this rabbi is... He's an odd rabbi because... He refers to a contestant of the show Survivor as a survivor. As a survivor. <laughs> Which I don't think most rabbis would do either. Um, so he's, he's a little odd, but no, I cannot imagine him being the one to guide Larry towards accepting Cheryl's gift, even if it was generous of her. Yeah, I, I don't believe this situation for one second whatsoever. That the, oh, that no. the rabbi is going to call a survivor from the show a survivor. Oh, yeah. The, the episode doesn't work. In the sense that most of it doesn't actually make sense. It was 100% unbelievable. Mm -hmm. There's just some great Larry lines in it that, for me, redeem it at least. So do survivors like seeing each other? Do they like talking to each other? That's my next note. Uh, I, I would think yes. I think Larry's right. W would, wouldn't you think? Eh, I don't know. Well, the real question is, do Holocaust survivors like meeting contestants from the Australian Outback? Perhaps they do if they're a fan of the show. But the conversation at dinner is just terrible. <laughs> quite awkward um what, what what i wrote is i do like um i liked the writing i have a feeling that scene was not improv in fact i'm positive it wasn't i liked the writing for the survivor guy because he did a very good job of making his argument seem so ridiculous compared to like an actual holocaust survivor you think so no snacks yeah no snacks well i bet you guys didn't even have toilet paper like we didn't even get snacks like yeah, his argument does not hold up. Yeah, his um, best thing is when he when he screams forty five degrees below zero. Yeah, when when Sonny or Solly, Solly, Solly. yeah, Solly, um, who does a great job, and he's one of the best parts of this episode. So, is it actually a real Survivor contestant? I meant to look it up, but I didn't. Yes, he was on Survivor. You have to oh. remember, this was when Survivor was a very popular show. Survivor's still going strong, man. No, but this was when Survivor was getting tens of yeah, millions yeah. So of viewers a week. Survivor came out, I believe, in 01. 
Yeah, and this is 2004. So this is prime, like, season three, season yeah, yeah, four. Yeah. Season four, you're right. I'm sure it probably already gone downhill. But and I'm pretty sure that all the viewers. he was, I think he was the second place contestant on season three. This well, he said, from... he said he came very close to that million dollars. So. I definitely watched the season. Well, people were backstabbing him the whole time, which is comparable to being executed at gunpoint by Nazi soldiers. And he, he had to wear flip-flops. <laughs> no, no, his sneakers turned into flip-flops. It was terrible. It was terrible. He lost a brand new pair of sneakers. Did uh, you ever see our show? It's called The Holocaust. <laughs> That's a good line. It is a good like, line. I'm, I'm, telling, I'm telling you, there's no way that conversation was improv. That, that conversation was scripted because they both had very good lines and I can't imagine they were doing that on their own. Um, but, but before the dinner, though, which we skipped to, was um, Larry and Charles' whole discussion about eternity and Larry wanting to be single again in the afterlife. He was looking forward to that. Yep. Jews don't even believe in an afterlife. No, well, Cheryl's not really Jewish. That's um, also true. <laughs> I like Larry's line, you mean this is continuing into the afterlife? <laughs> I, th- I thought this was over death. I wanted to be single again. Uh, yes, which plays a great part in Larry's vows that take place later in the episode. Yeah. So, so moving forward, uh, we have a really fun scene, I think, when... Uh, Larry runs into Jeff or drives by Jeff's house and has a conversation in the car about dry cleaner lady. As usual about this, Jeff is much more excited than Larry. Yes. <laughs> and Jeff gives Larry some fantastic advice. Bring a sheet. Bring a sheet. And Susie backs him up. And I love Larry's idea that maybe they should cut the hole together. It'd be fun cutting the hole with her, yeah. It would be fun and almost romantic. <laughs> cutting the hole together. <laughs> almost romantic. Yeah, that was a good little a little quick thing. Um, then I love how Susie is just like every like 10 seconds during Larry and Jeff's discussion, she just yells at him about something else random. Yeah, but Susie does have a great point. Like, this is not something that normal people talk about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, this is not normal conversation. What are you guys talking about? What, the, what are you guys talking about? Uh, <laughs> so then we go back to the house and Larry has to go apologize to Cheryl's mother. And because... I love that he keeps calling her mom. Yep. He says mom. mom the first time, and he has to apologize to her because she says, why doesn't someone get a sponge? And he says, why don't you get the sponge? Which is kind of reasonable, I think. Um, she should have got a sponge. So his, his apology is, <laughs> it's in my DNA. I was very flummoxed because of the Holocaust. You don't know what my people went through. <laughs> very flummoxed. He drops flummoxed like three times. He blames how upset he was over the Holocaust, and it's just in his DNA. Yep. And then even after... He gets her to accept the apology. He has to go the extra Larry step and be like, well, even though you were the one closest to the kitchen, I thought it was kind of strange you wouldn't get the sponge. I love his little nose grab that he does. He, like, grabs at her nose and then he's, he says, let's go, let's go. Yep. Like, like she's some sort of dog or something. Yeah, he's just treating her like a little kid. Yep. Like, and just, like, that's what you do when, like, a little kid is, like, upset. You just, like, just make them happy just by saying, like, you're happy, you're happy, and it, it works on Cheryl's mom. He, he has no respect for her whatsoever. Uh, no. And one, well, she does figure that out, but he doesn't do, he doesn't do a great job of hiding it. Um, so I think the scene in the limo is actually one of my favorites in the episode. Okay. Just the whole visual of <clears throat> Solly sitting there with his glass eye. He's got his shaking hands. His dad, Larry's dad is just dressed so terribly. He's wearing this yep. green jacket and he's why, just like taking Cheryl, up to Why is Cheryl even drinking wine in the limo? I I have no idea. But it's a great scene. It, just the visual of Solly shaking his hands and then Larry shaking his hands in in a way to yep. almost mock him. It, it's it's a great that's, visual that's gag. That's what Solly thought. And then he just stops limo, 
gets out on some random street and they just leave a senior citizen to wander home. And he yells, gay cock and off and yum, <laughs> which is what uh, Larry's dad taught to Monina the prostitute earlier oh, in the season. Oh, really? Yep, same phrase. Wow, that is a good catch. Still didn't look it up, but it's the same phrase. Interesting. So then we get to the uh, rabbi's office. Mm-hmm. I thought the whole exchange with Cheryl's mom asking for a mint was very odd. The oh. way like Larry's answer. But before that, it's maybe okay. the best line in the episode is when they're done, when the rabbi's saying like, okay, now we're done. We step on the glass. And Cheryl's <laughs> dad says, is that when we say matzah top? <laughs> yeah. And then he says, no, I'm going to mazel tov. It means good luck. He says, why don't we just say yippee or yippee. hallelujah? <laughs> yippee or hallelujah. Matzah top. That's a great line. Every, any episode revolving Cheryl's family and religion of either Christianity or Judaism comes across very well. Yeah, but you're you're right. The the conversation with the loose mint is so well, weird. One, there's no way the person Larry David, who's like a clean aphobe and like afraid of germs, and he wouldn't just carry a loose mint in his pocket that he would eat. First of all, no one carries loose mints in their pocket. No, no one carries know? unwrapped candy in their pocket. And it wasn't even just like the. The, the fact that he had the meal like that, I just thought like his lines were just very strangely delivered the way he went into like, well, you got three choices. Like, I can give you the main or you can come over and put your hand in my pants. Uh, it just didn't seem like natural at all. It was really, really weird filler. Yeah, very. It was a joke. Very bro. strange. Um, so I'm maybe. guessing you want to talk about the scene with the vows. I will talk about the scene for the vows. This is... I don't know if it's my favorite. It is. It's my favorite all-time Larry monologue. Might not be my favorite scene, but it's my favorite monologue. Cheryl gives her vows. They're beautiful. She makes a point of going through all eternity. Larry doesn't have the paper. He forgets it. It's actually maybe foreshadowing him forgetting his lines in the producer said he can't remember his vows either. Um, maybe actually would have been good at just, just thinking about this now. He started like doing a scene for the producers as his vows or something. No, these are better. <laughs> these are better. Uh, things have been good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Um, if you ever need someone to help, he, he's in the house a lot. If you ever need someone to help, he's not a good handyman though. But if she ever wants someone to like open up a bridge table, that's that's what a husband can do for her. Uh, Cheryl makes good plans. Always have stuff to do. Very good plans. Never bored. Saturday night, always stuff to do. She makes very good plans. He's not good at making plans or or being handyman. He just opens up bridge tables, and then the ending with. And I will love you for the rest of life until death. Great. Great. A, until death. That's a pretty good thing. It's a pretty good thing. I like uh, the cut that they did to Larry's dad halfway through the monologue. And he's yep. just sitting there smiling with the biggest grin in the world. Well, I was trying to watch Jeff. And Jeff just has like a dumb look the whole time also. Every time they like cut cut back to the stands. Um, Cheryl's not too happy. But Larry's but, dad is so proud of his son. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure that's the actor just breaking. But if it isn't, then yeah, he's proud of Larry. He can open bridge tables and forget wedding vows. And his improv wedding vows are great. Mm-hmm. Or he smashes a broken glass into the rabbi's hand. The rabbi runs away. Larry, nor anyone else, shows any sign of concern whatsoever. I like that the rabbi ran away screaming. He screamed Jesus. And he ran yes, out. Yes, exactly. This is a terrible <laughs> rabbi. <laughs> he, he's not a good rabbi. Uh, I don't think you're going to hire him for many more life events. And we have a reprise of a get a sponge. 
Yeah. Which I think is kind of played out. I... Definitely. By the third, I don't know, I liked it the first time, and then I did it the second time, and the third time, and yeah. I mean, the, the structure of the episode isn't great. A lot doesn't make sense. They take a lot of leaps of what's believable. It really just comes down to Larry's, the, the, the two scenes, the him apologizing to Cheryl's mom and his vows, I think, redeemed the episode. Because I don't like the ending either. I don't know you don't. That's it. I, I hate this ending. That's all I wrote is I hate this ending. The only thing I liked about the ending is when Larry gets changed to come back out to have sex with her. Uh, he's wrapped in the sheet and the hole is on his right shoulder. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a good, it's a decent sight gag. Just that part. Just that the hole is on his right shoulder. Uh, yeah. But the whole, like, we survived, terrible. No. It's, terrible. It's, it's, it's maybe my least favorite ending of any Curb episode. There were, I'm sure there are worse Curb endings. I cannot think of one. I'm sure there are. But I, I agree. The ending's not great. Uh, overall, I think this episode, you're right, it's not strong start to finish. It's, it's probably the weakest of the season. Mm. It's got some really good moments, but it's not that good an episode. I'm trying to go back. I don't want to think through every episode. Yeah, yes, but... I mean, the differing opinions. For me, the, the highs alone, those two scenes, are, are, are worth it. I'll agree to disagree. That's what we will do. 